0: Welcome. We're so glad that you joined us this weekend as I launch us into this brand new message series, This is Vineyard. You know, my whole life I've loved stories. I love to read stories. I love to watch stories. I love to hear stories. I love to tell stories. And what's amazing is that every single person has a story. Every family has a story. And actually, every church has a story. And so today, I'm going to begin to share part of our Vineyard story with you, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the mission that God has sent us on. Now, wouldn't you know that our church has been founded upon the miraculous, specifically upon a healing that changed my parents' lives, and I'll talk a little bit about that today. But the enemy was not happy, and so all week long, myself and my family have been fighting random things, but you know, what that just makes me more excited to give this message today because nothing's going to stop it. This is the story that God is writing on this house at this time, and I am so excited to get to share that today. You know, Jesus actually gives his church the same mission, and that mission can be found in the Bible, and it's this, we are to evangelize and baptize and disciple and teach men and women about Jesus this is the mission of the church now this mission is it stays the same throughout the centuries but is lived out in different contexts and communities and churches and that's why you can have lots of different kinds of churches maybe you've gone to a different type of church before each church is unique And we believe that God loves his church. He loves what we like to call the big C church, the capital C church. And he wants us to love it too. But to each church, he gives a specific assignment that's within this mission. So our mission is the same, but it gets lived out differently. And our job is actually to do this, to be exactly who God made us to be. And so this journey that we're going to go on is exploring who has God made us to be, what has been the assignment that God has given us, and how do we get to live that out. You know, I think it's really important that we take time to share our church's story, what we're about, why we're here, who we really are, and what uh, the mission looks like in our house. I think it's important because if we don't actually talk about who we are and why we're here i think it's going to be a challenge to give our full yes to jesus's mission for the church and for our church specifically the vineyard we want to be men and women who join in the story that jesus is writing in this time in this place so god's mission it doesn't change but we do update our language we bring fresh fresh contextualization for the time and the space that we're living in you know I don't need to say this, but I will. The world has changed, and it is changing. And we want to ask Jesus, what are you doing? What is the mission that you've called us to? And then we want to be faithful to steward the deposit that's been here for more than 40 years. So without clarifying the mission, without clarifying the language, I don't think that we'll get to where I know God wants to take us. So who are we? What is our story? Well, I want to go first to Ephesians 2.10 because this is actually going to be the anchor text for this entire series. Now, Paul is speaking right now to a group of gathered believers in Ephesus, just like us, and he's going to speak just this simple but powerful truth to them. This is what he writes. He says, For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago what does this mean we are God's masterpiece we are his beloved sons and daughters we're his family and this verse tells us that Jesus transforms us into a new being he gives us a new identity and when we're transformed we get filled with his Holy Spirit and then we get to live out our destiny doing the good things that he planned for us long ago So that leads me to ask, well, what did he plan for us long ago? And that's why I'm so excited to begin to share our story with you today as a vineyard. But first, I'm going to pray and invite the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. And so, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here into our midst. God, I thank you for the story that you've been writing. I thank you for the mission that you've given to the church. And we just invite you to come to speak today, to give us ears to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, I'm going to start our story 50 years ago today when a 20-year-old and a 23-year-old, basically children, said yes to one another in a fellowship hall in Peoria, Illinois, and got married. My parents, Happy and Diane Lehman, our founding pastors, had met at the University of Illinois in 1969. My mom was a freshman at the time, and she was a very serious student. My dad, a senior and a total party animal. True story, he had, a, he, he had a, 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 a title called BMOC, B-M-O-C, big man on campus. This was a real thing. And he really thought he was hot stuff. He asked my mom out 10 times and she rejected him. Now, he did ask her out during the middle of the week and she was too serious for that. She studied every night. And so, you know, she said no. And finally he opened up a weekend slot And she said yes to going out with him on a date. Well, you know what? It almost died before it ever started because on the second date, my dad got drunk. And my mom said to him, you know what, you better shape up or this thing is never getting off the ground. Now, this was not because she was a Christian, because she was not. Rather, she was just really serious. She was like, I want, you know, I have a vision for my life and it doesn't include a drunk boyfriend. And so this was actually the first miracle... That's a word for some of you. Uh, I can feel the spirit already. Um, So this is actually the first miracle that my parents ever experienced. Almost overnight, my dad was miraculously delivered of alcoholism. And to this day, he hates the taste of beer. And I actually believe that there is grace here today. Some of you have been struggling with alcohol. And my dad was instantly delivered. So they go on, they start to date, they fall in love, and then on August 29th, 1971, they get married. And so that actually makes today their 50th wedding anniversary, which is an amazing accomplishment. Now, interestingly, they had been raised in the same faith, the same denomination, and their, their fathers were both lay pastors in this church. And so when they got married, they did not want to recreate their family life. They were like, let's set out on a new path. So let's promise each other three things. Okay, we'll never be Christians. Ugh. We'll never be pastors. No thanks. And we'll never be on a farm. Because my mom did not want to end back up on a farm. My dad had grown up on a farm. Well, they've been married for one month. And my mom is reading a historical fiction book. And as she's reading this book, this character in the book is having this encounter with Jesus. And suddenly... In mom's living room, she has her own encounter with Jesus. And she's like, oh my gosh, I think I want to become a Christian. So she goes to my dad, and they've only been married a month, and you know, happy wife, happy life. And so he's like, okay. So they decide to become a Christian one month into their marriage. But the only church they've ever known is this church from their childhood. So they join this church from their childhood, which is full of rules and religion. And they, they try to fit the mold of what they think it means to be a Christian. Well, a few years pass and my mom is teaching special education here in Urbana, she's getting her PhD, her dream is to be a beloved college professor, my dad is on his way to making a million dollars by the time he's 30, which was his ultimate goal, when, you know, a couple years into marriage, they decide they want a family, and they start to try, and they experienced incredible infertility. Now remember, this is the late 1970s, there really aren't that many options at this point, and When they ran ran tests, they discovered that my mom has half of her reproductive system and what she does have wasn't working. My dad also had trouble. This was incredibly painful. It was incredibly, it challenged their faith. When one day my dad is headed, my dad's headed into the office and a friend at the office says to him, hey, did you know God's still doing miracles today? My dad was like, no. No. I did not know that God was still doing miracles today. So he goes home and tells my mom, God's still doing miracles today. And she's like, what? See, they had been taught that the Bible, you know, what was happened in the Bible was true, but that was for back then, and that doesn't happen anymore. And they began to to read and and, and learn a little bit more. Well, they found out about this meeting, this healing meeting in Indiana, and mom was convinced that when she went to the meeting, she was going to get pregnant. No, like actually, when she went to the meeting, at the meeting, she was gonna get pregnant. (laughs) That's not exactly how it works, but she was filled with a lot of faith. So she goes to this meeting and she definitely doesn't get pregnant, but something way more important happens. She meets the person of the Holy Spirit and she says yes to being filled with him. And so this is in, in 1977, she gets filled with the Spirit. And unfortunately, they did get kicked out of that church that they were a part of because their beliefs had changed. But scales fell from their eyes. And suddenly they opened up the scripture and they saw all throughout the scripture Jesus was healing people. Everywhere he went, he extended the miraculous. And specifically, she saw that barrenness was an issue that Jesus healed. And she began to believe that Jesus was going to heal her of this barrenness. In fact, she started to proclaim to people that she was pregnant. And people would say, well, when's the due date? And she would say, well, I don't know, but I am pregnant. I know, it it sounds crazy. But that's actually what Jesus can do to us sometimes. So in, in May 1978, they felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to start a Bible study in their home to tell people. Now, they didn't have much to report, but they did believe they believed that Jesus was a healer. They believed he extended the miraculous, and so they opened up their home, the home they still live in today. Well, a few months after that, that summer, my mom is not feeling well, and so she had not been to the doctor but decided she needed to make an appointment. And when she gets there, they tell her, we're so sorry, but you're in menopause. She's 27 years old. And the doctor says, but I'll, I'll do an exam. You know, he kind of thought she was crazy, so I think he was doing the exam to like appease her. But while he's doing the exam, he leaves the room, and he comes back in with a device she's never seen before, and he places it on her womb, and he says, Listen, da de da de 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 And then he says a sentence that would change their lives and change our lives. He said, Mrs. Lehman, there's someone living inside you. Now, if you know my mom, she stayed very calm. She didn't make a noise. She just quietly walked out of the office. Just kidding, right? She, you know, she's got the little, fl- you know, little, I can just picture it, the little flimsy, like, things, you know, <gasps> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and in this moment, they know they have to tell the entire town. They have to say, you know what, this thing is real. Jesus is alive. We've encountered his love. We've experienced this transformation. Now we got to extend the miraculous to the community that God's put us in. And they said, yes to the assignment that God had for them birthing this church. And that is how this church began. Through their obedience of saying yes to the assignment that was on God's heart. So they, they went to work building a church, and they built the church upon two verses. The first verse is Matthew six thirty-three, and it says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, interestingly, this verse had been written into a Bible by my grandfather as a gift to my dad when he came to the University of Illinois in 1966. This was the only thing. There was no money. There was nothing. This was the only gift my father received from his parents. But it would be this verse that the church would be built upon. This verse of destiny that we first seek his kingdom— and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. And you know, the kingdom has always been important here. We believe that the kingdom of God, which is God's rule and reign, is foundational to who we are as a people. And then we would later learn about Jesus's incredible gift of righteousness and how that transforms our identity. The second verse that they built the church upon was John 14, 12, and it says this, I tell you this timeless truth, the person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father. You see, they had experienced this incredible miracle, and they knew they had to give it away. What God had done for them, they knew that God wanted to do for others. God was birthing way more than a baby. He was birthing the church. And this church has a specific mission and that's what i'm excited to share today and you know what? gosh i just never get tired of telling that story and i've told that story so many different times so well, of course my parents would go on to have four more children and i am one of those children and i happen to be born on their 11th anniversary so i consider myself a gift to my parents you're welcome <laughs> the funny thing is this is going to sound really dumb but i just realized this w- year that i was born on the 11th anniversary i don't just don't ask and 11 is actually a really important number to me. I love 1111 11, and 111 and I just 11. I'm like, "Lord, you're so good. I love how he just always mixes all of those different things in here." And now their family is a family of 30 because there's 18 grandkids and all my brothers are married. But what's even more amazing is they have thousands of spiritual children all throughout Central Illinois and beyond. As people have come to this house, and their lives have been changed and impacted, and then they've gone wherever the Lord has sent them, their decision to say yes to Jesus' mission changed not only their lives, but each of our lives. And so now we begin a five-week journey where we're going to unpack the God-given mission of this church. And again, this mission, it isn't new. But we did sense that the holy spirit was inviting us to clarify our language as we head into the future and so we're going to unpack who we are and why we're here and we want to invite each of you to be part of this story part of our story we believe that the holy spirit has has drawn you here and so with that let me tell you what's been happening over the last year or so you know mike and i have been transitioning into this role for several years now and one question i often get asked is is this what you thought you were going to be doing, Uh, like this job? And I always say, no, definitely not. I did not think that this was going to be my job. You know, when we were little kids, we would always play church. We had like a little steep, like a little, uh, what are these things called? Uh, Pulpit. Yeah, a little pulpit. And we would like practice church. But when Mike and I got married in 2004, Mike was in the business world. I was a teacher. You know, I kind of thought, oh, I'll probably do something part-time at the church. But I did not realize that this was the call that was on my life. And so in 2015, they asked Mike and I to be the executive pastors here, and we said yes to that assignment. And you know, is anyone else glad you can't see too far into the future, like it's just one day at a time? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with all of this life right now. You know, just one day at a time. So we said yes to that. And honestly, at that point, people said to us, well, surely you knew then. Surely you knew, and I say, no, I, I, I didn't know. I mean, maybe I, mean you know, maybe I have a hard head or something, but I did not know. And then in, in October of 2018, we said yes to being the senior pastors. And then in July of 2019, we officially became the senior pastors. And so it has been this journey. And we just want to stop and just say thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for loving us through this process. As Mike and I stepped into this, one of the roles and responsibilities we took on is stewarding the story of this house. Stewarding the original deposit, the assignment that God had given us. And Mike and I and our team are 100% committed to stewarding what Jesus deposited here over 40 years ago. We want to continue and build upon what was originally birthed in that small group study. That's just how good God is. You know, Over the years, we've had lots of newcomer events, um, like newcomer pizza, newcomer dessert. We have Connect now. And over the years, I would often hear my dad, who at the time was the senior pastor, you know, say, he'd say something along the lines of this. We're a great church. I love what we're doing. But we're not the church for everybody. And so if we're not the church for you, come and talk to us and let us help you find a place where you can connect. Because we actually believe in the Big C Church. We love the churches in this community. We love this community, and we believe in church. We want you to be connected to a church. And, you know, I always thought that was so amazing that he did that. But now that I sit in this seat, I realize and I recognize the true humility that it takes to say that. To say, you know what, I love what we're doing, but we're not the only place that's doing it. And I felt like the Holy Spirit asked me to tell you that this offer still stands. I love what we're about. I love where we're going. I can't wait to see what Jesus is going to do in and through us in this next season. But I recognize we're not the church for everybody. And so if you need another place to worship, come and talk to us. We'd love to help you find a place where you can uh, have a home. Okay. Well, when Mike and I stepped into this role, um, there were a lot of questions from our team. Like, who are we? Where are we going? Why are we doing that? What's important? What are we gonna be about? Why, why, why? We need clarity, we need clarity. And honestly, can I just be honest, these questions, they exhausted me. And it was kind of frustrating because they kept looking to me and Mike and they wanted us to lead. <laughs> it's okay, I, I know, I know. I, I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what we should do, I, I don't know. And now, I had felt this way before. When I was a first-year teacher, I was 21 years old, teaching at a local middle school here. And I remember on the first day of school being so scared, someone was going to ask me how old I was, because I was like seven years older than these students. And I thought to myself, I feel like their older sister and not the adult. You know, fake it till you make it. I just kind of just tried to pretend I'm in my 20s, you know, 21. I also felt this way when I had my first baby, okay? Did anyone else have this feeling? When they hand you the baby to leave at the hospital and you're like, Okay, I, I'm going to take this home. <laughs> you trust me. I felt, I felt a lot of that. And, and young people, if I can encourage you with anything, no one knows what they're doing until they've done it. And here is the key. We want to stay humble, we want to stay hungry, and we want to ask a lot of questions. This is is actually how we grow. And so we committed to this process that we ended up calling the mining process, like mining minerals, where you dig down deep and you see actually what's what's in the foundation. And so we committed, myself and Mike and, and Leah Winger and Jim Plank, our executive team, we met with mom and dad and we asked a ton of questions. Now, this was not always easy because if you know my dad, My dad's like a quick thinker. He wants to make a quick decision, and exercises, So we'd be doing an exercise, and he'd be like, I think I'm done. And we'd be like, oh, we just started. We have about 20 more questions to go. So you can thank him for his patience. So we went through this process, and as we went through this process, we discovered there was actually four values that this house has been built upon for 43 years. And I'm going to go through them. The first value is supernatural breakthrough. We believe that the Spirit can break in in power at any time to bring hope and healing and freedom. We believe in John 14, 12. We believe we're called to actually do the same and greater works as Jesus. That's a, that's a, a bold and audacious thing. We welcome the Spirit. We are looking for supernatural breakthrough in our lives. The second value is this value of excellence. Now, interestingly, this helps balance supernatural breakthrough. But here at the Vineyard, we love to start on time and we love to end on time. We want to take care of our buildings. We want our programming to be clear. We want to make sure that we're making things better. We have a value for excellence. Thirdly, we have a value for what we call missional leadership. What God does in us, he wants to do through us. This is why we plant multi-sites. And we have missionaries and we plant church plants and we give away what God's given us. We want to see ourselves as an army, not an audience. Okay? The next one is family. We, we see ourselves as a family on a journey. We're supposed to do this in community with one another. We're not supposed to do this in isolation. This is the body of Christ and we're called to love and do life together. This is why small groups are so important. And that type of community and so we mined out these values and what we found was that people and programs who embrace these values man they really fit in well here but this still wasn't the mission and the vision and I could not get my team to get off my back I was a little discouraged when about a year ago Leah came to us and said guys I'm reading this book and my ears went up because I'm a reader any other readers out there I was like ooh, a good book okay what's this book about and she's like it's all about mission and vision And my ears just went, I was like, oh, (laughs) great. But then I felt a prompting from the Holy Spirit to download this. And as I'm listening to it, I realize God has sent this book to me. As the author says, are you a weary leader? Are you tired of your team saying to you, where are we going? What are we doing? What are we about? What's the mission and vision? And I'm like yelling out in my car, yes! And I knew that this was a divine encounter book. And so over the course of the last year, we started using this book to help guide us, to help us clarify our vision and our mission and how our values all fit together. And we began to write a vision script. This is more than a vision statement. This is actually a document. It's a couple pages long. It's the dream in our heart for our community. And we just allowed the Holy Spirit, like, just poured out, like, God, we actually want to be naturally supernatural disciples who have everyday encounters that transform our community, that our families are healthy, that our schools are healthy, that our businesses are healthy, that the crime rate goes down, that this is an amazing place to live and to be. This is the vision that's on our heart. This is our guiding purpose, that we are a naturally supernatural people built for everyday encounters. The supernatural is always right there this is what we want now at the same time as we were working on this whole vision we didn't forget about the mission again remember god's mission for his church is already defined evangelize baptize teach and disciple these are the things that jesus tells us to do but each church uses their own language they use their own context they use their own assignment to give these things language and so that's what we set out to do and so i got back at my team And I made them do a lot of different exercises. And I said, okay, here we go. What are the words that you'd use to describe us? What do you feel like Holy Spirit is saying about us as a house? And if you know, I love words. I love alliteration. I mean, I named my children Ty and Tate, Maggie and Molly. So I'm pretty serious about it. And I wanted it to to have a good vibe. But I, I felt the Father say, don't you dare be cute. I felt like the warning was this, you know what, you are mining out gold. Don't end up with some cheap party jewelry. This is not for me to decide. This is not for like Mike and Julie to come in and say, well, this is what we're doing. This is an assignment from the Father. And so it takes time and it takes listening and it takes humility and it takes a process. And so that's what we began to do with our team. And I know they were tired and they wanted me to stop asking questions and I just said, well, you can blame yourselves (laughs) but over the course of the year we mind out this mission and I am so excited to be able to share with you today that this is Vineyard the mission of this house is this we encounter love experience transformation and extend the miraculous we encounter love we experience transformation we extend the miraculous now I know this is a big mission And that's why we're actually going to take the next four weeks and we're going to unpack those week by week so that we can better understand what these different areas mean and and how we get to participate in the story. I wanted this to be on the tips of our tongues. I wanted you to be able to tell a neighbor, tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell anyone. What's the vineyard about? Well, it's about encounter, love, experience transformation, and extend the miraculous. Okay, in, our, in the last bit of our time together today, I actually want to take us back a little bit and remind us about a helper who's going to help us do all of this and talk a little bit about our connection to the vineyard. So in Acts 1, Jesus is talking to the, his disciples. He's talking to basically the people who are going to create the church because remember, the church didn't exist until Jesus had left, okay? And so he's talking to his disciples and these disciples They've walked with him, they've seen him killed, they've seen him rise. They've, now they're kind of learning from him, and Jesus is telling them, I'm going to go. And this is where, like in Matthew 28, we have the great commission, you know, go into all the world and to make disciples. But let's be honest, these disciples did not really know what they were doing, which also brings me great comfort, okay? But Jesus gives them this instruction in Acts 1:8, and I love it, and I believe it's a promise for us too. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be seized with power. You will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on earth. You see, this is Jesus's mission to all. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we become messengers for him. We become his messengers through the Holy Spirit. Well, Last week, I had the opportunity to go to California to be with some other vineyard leaders um, for a meeting. And I was reminded again how grateful that I am that we are part of a larger movement. If you did not know, we are part of the Vineyard Movement, which has about 600 churches in the United States and about 2,500 churches in the world. And the vineyard was started in the early 1980s and famously led by a man named John Wimber, who you may hear us reference from time to time. And he led the vineyard until the 1990s when he died. And we, this church, became a vineyard in 1985. Now, funny story, when Dad tried to let, get us to become a vineyard, he went to the leadership and he asked, and they said, well, you're the furthest thing we've ever had from a vineyard, but Okay. And so that's actually how we got into the vineyard, but I'm so, so grateful because the vineyard movement has shaped us in so many ways. And I got to hear from Jay Pathak, who is our new national leader for the vineyard, and he's coming to more love, more power. You are not going to want to miss his talk. He is naturally supernatural. His life is one filled with encounters, and I know our future is bright with the vineyard. But what I love about our movement is that we get to take this specific assignment that God's given us here, and then we get to partner that with this incredible movement that is a kingdom of God movement, that is a power of God movement, and we get to see those two things come together. And one of the things that the Vineyard Movement loves is the Holy Spirit. What I love is that there is no junior Holy Spirit or senior Holy Spirit. There's one Holy Spirit, and he's available to all of us. In Acts 2.39, it says this, for God's promise of the Holy Spirit, so what Jesus just said in Acts 1.8, God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families, for those yet to be born, and for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. This house is a house of every generation. We welcome, we love, we see, we honor every generation, from the kids to the youth to college to young adults, to the middles. I mean, I don't know what to call myself anymore. I'm 39 today, so I'm just going to call myself the middle. 50 plus. We encounter love, experience transformation, extend the miraculous all ages, all stages. This is the call that's on our house. Let's go back to Ephesians 2.10. This is this foundational verse. We're going to see... That actually our mission and the gospel is tied into this verse. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You know, it's so powerful. These little tiny verses in the Bible, does it ever just shock you how much depth can be in such a short amount of space? Look at this. For we are God's masterpiece. This is the relationship story of the gospel. We call the gospel a triune gospel. There's three parts to it. The relationship story is the one that a lot of us are most familiar with. Jesus died so that I could be restored to relationship with my heavenly father. We like to say that we're no longer a servant, but we're a son. We are beloved children of God. And we're going to put a graph up there, and we're going to unpack this. I know this can, be, this can be overwhelming. This can be a lot of information. But we are the beloved children of God. Now, secondly, in that verse, we see that we have been made anew in Christ. This is actually the identity story in the gospel. This is where Jesus actually makes us a new person. We receive a brand new identity, we experience transformation. And then, last but not least, we are filled with His Holy Spirit so that we can do the good things that He planned for us long ago. And that is our destiny story, where we partner with the Holy Spirit. And in this story, we say we go from self-focused to soldier. We're no longer just an audience in here. We're an army that's ready to move with God. So when we encounter love, that's the relationship story of the gospel. When we experience transformation, that is the identity story of the gospel. When we extend the miraculous, that is the destiny story of the gospel we are a gospel church we believe in the full gospel we love the trinity and we want to walk out this new mission with jesus god's mission for our house it has not changed but he has reenvisioned us to be who he created us to be our mission should we choose to accept is to encounter love, experience transformation, and extend the miraculous. This is just the beginning. And so my invitation to you today is to say yes to joining our story. This story. I'm going to pray. Would you guys stand up as we head into worship today? Well, Jesus, this is your house. These are your people. And God, we thank you right now for the mission that you've given to this house. God, we want to be faithful to say yes to partnership with you. And so, Holy Spirit, now as we worship, we just invite your spirit to come and rest on us, to come and move us. We say, come, Holy Spirit, and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen.